Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are joining us in the world. My name is Tracy Murda, and I'm here with the Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Toby Simpson, CTO and co-founder of Fetch Day AI. Toby, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. It's great to be here. Toby, tell us uh, and all the listeners where you're calling in from today. Well, I'm actually lucky enough to be calling in from San Francisco today. Um, where uh, the, the sky is blue, there's no fog to be seen anywhere, and I have an absolutely beautiful view. We love it. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. Well, Toby, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's just jump right in. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about, first of all, let's start out with some of your background and what led you to develop or create Fetch? Oh, no, that's a nice long journey. Um, I started uh, developing computer games. Um, well, in fact, a long, long time ago, back in the 80s, creating text-based adventure games. And one of the challenges back then was to try and figure out how to interpret what people typed in into something that meant something. And of course, everybody uses different words. And trying to break down a sentence and gain an actual understanding of what was going on was really quite, quite difficult. I guess that was my first um, introduction to AI. Um, then went on to build games on, on on the Amiga and had the pleasure of being the producer and director of uh, the Creatures series in the mid to late 90s. And what was interesting about that as, a, as an approach to um, uh, digital intelligence was that it modeled lots of biological building blocks like chemical emitters, receptors, uh, reactions and, and neural dynamics and joined them all together to make a general purpose um, reinforcement learning, um, well, digital animal, this thing that could learn how to survive in its own environment with no human intervention at all. And I really loved the fact that all the complexity, the really interesting stuff, the gray bits between black and white, were all emergent property out of a very large population of simple things. Uh, and as someone who wanted to put the matrix in his living room for many, many years, I was kind of curious as to whether or not that approach could be used to build really, really big virtual worlds and put many, many, many hundreds of thousands of objects and things in. Uh, and then later in the mid 2000s, uh, when I um, first met the uh, other co-founders uh, of Fetch, we were curious then as if we could make a world that was even bigger, um, could we put represent representatives of absolutely everything in a world like that? Like for example, bits of hardware, representatives of data, services, infrastructure, people, and then create this new world in which a different kind of economic activity could take place. One that was optimized for machines and digital things to get stuff done. And that was sort of the birth of, of Fetch as an idea. Uh, and, and it wasn't until a few years later, or quite a few years later, that we were introduced to decentralized ledger technology, which was sort of a missing piece to the puzzle. We realized that, well, you know, with this, this is the magic that lets us uh, create a world of incredible scale out of so many computers, whether or not we trusted any individual machine or not. Uh, and that was sort of where we started in, in creating Fetch, this, this huge world, this digital um, economic internet, um, the, the world in which the things and the economy of things could really get useful things done. So really, I mean, is Fetch allowing things 
to sort of interact with one another in an autonomous way? And if so, how, how do they become autonomous? Well, autonomy is just the ability to make a decision um, free of any other influence. Uh, and in this case, we've created uh, an ex- uh, a situation where autonomous economic agents, which is what we call them, they're just digital entities, they're digital representatives, and they can represent pretty much um, anything, data, people, um, infrastructure, services, and whatnot. Uh, and then the Fetch world gives them an environment in which they can live, an environment that's optimized just for them, one that uses advanced machine learning and AI to present a world um, that is unique to the observer. So I, I often somewhat flippantly describe Fetch as the ultimate dating agency for value providers. That if you've got something, um, then Fetch will reorganize itself so that you're best placed to be able to deliver that value. So explain it, break it down a little bit more for me in layman's terms. How does the, the decentralized framework, how does that make this all work? Well, um, another way of looking at Fetch is it's a vast decentralized world in which useful economic activity can take place. Um, and actually, if you organize a peer-to-peer network of lots of different computers all over the place, then they can actually represent things on multiple dimensions, not just on a network space. They can represent things geographically uh, and also economically for that matter, um, like, for example, uh, different road junctions and stations and airports and other bits and pieces. And then if you connect your agents to that world in one particular place, um, then those agents can effectively exist in a space. They can look in a direction. They can gather information about certain areas on all these different dimensions. And then that can allow them to build a picture of the world that's that's suited and, and optimized for them. And then if we were able to use all the collective computing power of that, that network, and let's face it, that's an enormous amount of computing power. And if we can use that to not only optimize the performance of the network, but to generate trust information and predictions, then we can use those predictions to even better connect agents together, um, but also to restructure that space in real time so that what you see is what's important to you. So the thing you see right in front of you may not actually be right in front of you. It may be really important to you. And this is really fantastic for solving problems with large numbers of moving parts. And let's face it, we are surrounded in problems with large numbers of moving parts with transportation, um, healthcare, energy, um, hospitality. All of these things have lots and lots and lots of bits and pieces. And one of the things that decentralized technology can do is it can give the authority and the ability to solve a problem to the individual component part that has the problem. And that may not be a person. That may be a digital entity. Um, that represents a piece of data or a piece of hardware. And that's where the real power comes, that instead of trying to solve these big complex problems from the top down, you're allowing a large population of simple things to combine together to produce this really interesting emergent complexity. So we're not just talking about payment methods and financial aspects of things. What other kinds of uh, things are we talking about here? Well, it's like um, combining little bits of knowledge as well to produce this this, this knowledge space. And one of the things that, that we have right now is, is a lot of the intelligence, the market intelligence, the economic intelligence that exists is locked up, but exists in, in several large um, centralized uh, areas. And, and those don't necessarily communicate uh, well with each other. Um, but to be able to combine all those bits and pieces together to provide a collective intelligence uh, is also really, really interesting. Because if you take lots of little bits of knowledge and join them together, you can get some really incredible things. And we've got a fantastic demonstration uh, of, of Fetch that shows how a collective intelligence can generate value to individual objects that are, say, for example, trying to escape a very complex maze. 
that even if as individuals they're using uh, the, the most whiz-bang amazing uh, algorithm known to mankind for solving that problem individually, uh, if they're able to share and trade the extra knowledge that they have to other people, um, then they generate value from that. But at the same time, um, for others to buy that value costs them less than they would have wasted walking around the maze looking for a solution themselves. And that's actually really interesting because it demonstrates that, that little bits of knowledge like this all joined together is no longer a, a zero-sum game, but that actually the benefit of, of all this collective understanding of the space can help in, in all sorts of interesting ways solving problems. And what's even more interesting about that it is that you don't need prior exposure or understanding of all the different things that you incorporate in order to incorporate them. Um, so that means that all this information is available to everybody on the network in order to be able to get things done. So you talked a little bit about the the AEAs or the autonomous economic agents. Tell me a little bit more about that, um, as well as the open economic framework and the smart ledger. Okay, well, structurally, what Fetch is, is the, the autonomous economic agents are the individual entities that exist in the space. The open economic um, framework is their, their gateway to the digital world. It provides them with their senses, their ability to see, explore, um, gather information, receive or tr transact, um, receive information about uh, what else is going on in that world. And underpinning all of that is the Fetch Smart Ledger. The Fetch uh, Smart Ledger, that provides integrity across this world. It allows us um, to, to join this world together with all these different uh, computers, uh, whether or not we trust any individual or not. Um, but also it allows us to harness the computing power of that network in order to do things that are useful for the network's users. And that's really important um, because you need to be able to, it's surprisingly computationally expensive to build all these predictions that allow you to spontaneously figure out how to connect two agents together uh, when uh, you haven't either, well, you haven't seen either of those agents before and you don't know what kind of things they're gonna do. And you want to be able to build that, that learning. Uh, and the best way to do it, of course, is to, is to use that as what well. we call this useful proof of work, the idea that you can utilize uh, all of this, this power of the network to do something genuinely useful for, for all of its users. So structurally, Fetch itself consists of the Open Economic Framework and um, the Fetch Smart Ledger. Uh, and the Fetch Smart Ledger actually allows you to create your own really interesting um, AI and machine learning applications and put those on the ledger. That's something we're particularly pleased with. Uh, and then agents connect to that space. And we know, and we knew all along, that we had to make it trivially easy for people to be able to create agents in order for that, that to work. Uh, and in the case of, say, data representatives, uh, we, it needed to be a case of pressing a button and then that's it, you had an agent. Uh, and for, for users, we have things like our network participation application, which allows you to create agents based on the census, for example, that exist in your mobile device. And you can create all sorts of interesting combinations of these things and release them as agents on the network and then see the kind of value that they can generate out of stuff that you have already. And this is stuff that would normally go to waste. Uh, and uh, as we live in a very, well, a data wasteful environment, I, I, I might suggest. Uh, and it's often been said, it's not the data that we do use that's interesting. It's actually the data that we don't. And I had this conversation with, with many people, one uh, in particular just before Christmas last year, and a gentleman I was talking to runs a data warehouse is saying his problem is that data doesn't get up on its own two feet and sell itself. Um, and actually with a network like Fetch, suddenly it does, which means that it's almost zero cost to add an agent to a piece of data. So that means that stuff that you would normally not use because uh, the cost to exploit it exceeds its value suddenly comes into play. 
Uh, and that creates all sorts of other interesting opportunities and, and applications for this. It means that it increases utilization of data and services, uh, and it puts a lot of power to get value from the things that we have back into the individual, back to the individual that actually has that value. And that's a really interesting shift in control. And of course, that was always one of the, the, the great things about this decentralized ledger space uh, full stop, was that ultimately it signifies a shift in control and power from the center of the network um, out to the individuals on the outside, which is quite an interesting thing because it means that ultimately your stuff suddenly becomes your stuff. And much more importantly, the value that's generated from it comes directly to you, which is a really interesting um, shift in, in, in focus. Let's talk a little bit more for the listeners about some real use um, applications. What are some things that, you know, that we would see coming out of Fetch? Yes, well, I mean, this of course is, is one of the things that um, has, has been, well, as you can imagine, a very interesting area of discussion. Because, of course, if, if you have a network that can do so much, I mean, where on earth do you start? And one of the risks of something like this is you do a little of a lot and end up achieving very little anywhere as a result. Um, but we knew that um, certain areas, uh, such as energy transportation, um, uh, supply chain management, uh, and hospitality were all areas where fetch could potentially fetch could potentially make a great deal of difference. So we've been working very closely um, with a number of uh, commercial partners, uh, many of whom we're going to be able to announce over the coming weeks, which is very very exciting. To build real applications, to build real agents that actually do useful things. Um, we've got a, a great one which we've um, just been talking about um, uh, that. Uh, uh, puts individual agents in large pieces of medical equipment and allows um, them to potentially manage their own uh, maintenance schedules in a much more effective way, but also uh, gets better utilization of those machines when multiple people potentially want to use them. Uh, and that's quite an interesting emergent property out of a large population of agents. We also discovered in, in hospitality, incidentally, that there was an application of fetch that we hadn't really considered back at the beginning. Um, was that when you get this understanding and you get this context, you have this prediction economy, you can, in fact, use Fetch to restructure a user interface to optimize uh, what people see. Because, of course, as we know, you know, every click you put on a user interface, you lose a bunch of people along the way. Um, so the, the, the way to do it is to reduce the number of clicks between you firing up an app and seeing what it is that you want. Uh, and in the case of, say, hotels, been able to restructure the user interface so you get offered a beer if you're most likely to want a beer, but a glass of fine wine if that's more appropriate. And to do that automatically, uh, given the context and the understanding of what's going on and everything else, is, is actually really exciting because it changes the way in which we interact with, with, with machines. And we're also seeing a great applications of fetch in transportation. I mean, that's one of the most spectacular examples of a problem with a great number of moving parts. Uh, and most of them we have to control ourselves, you know, even though we've got all these fantastic apps out there that allow us to, to look at what's going on. It's usually our responsibility as individuals to poke around and fire up this app and that one and then that one in order to piece it all together. Wouldn't it be nice if the computer did all the work for once, um, if uh, an endless number of representatives of you were rushing around the fetch world, finding solutions to all of these problems and presenting them back to you? It sort of turns search on its head. And instead of you having to do the search, your digital representatives do it and they come back to you with the answer. And we think that's really nice as well, because uh, so much of, of today's um, digital world, it, it feels like pushing hot water um, uphill. It, it'd be really, really nice um, just to have everything come to you. So, Toby, tell me where you all are at in regards to, you know, sort of your roadmap or your, your plan for fetch. Well, I guess the good news is it, is it all works. 
Um, we uh, came out of stealth earlier this year, back in March, um, when we already got the key innovations, particularly relating to the scalable ledger, uh, actually up and running. Uh, when you're potentially talking about many, many, many billions uh, of agents all doing extremely um, small value transactions, because let's face it, the cost for the getting the temperature um, 300 meters up the street is might be measured in a thousandth of a cent. Um, so you need to be able to do an enormous number of low value transactions uh, at very little cost and still maintain an incentive model to allow that to work. Um, so we got all of those key innovations required in order to deliver fetch working quite some time ago. And now we have a private test net that's actually up and running. Um, that's now with uh, more than 100 nodes um, when I checked the other day. Uh, and we're using that to build real applications and attach agents to, but also uh, to see um, Fetch working uh, as, a, as a complete system for the first time. And that's also very exciting. And that will gradually transition into a more public uh, uh, test network as the next few months roll on. So as, as winter arrives, we expect there to be many, many, many more nodes on there and many, many, many thousands of agents all um, doing things on, on this network. And we're heading towards a main network release in the second half of next year. Uh, and that's when absolutely everything, of course, um, will be, be up and running. And between now and then, we're working with all these different um, uh, partners to build the real use cases for, for Fetch, um, deploy them all. Uh, welcome increasingly large numbers of people into the Fetch network to build stuff themselves because we can imagine some cool things to do with Fetch but of course that's nothing in comparison to what other people will imagine in in, in the same way as, as I'm often guilty of saying um, that I, I pretty much doubt that the Ethereum guys saw crypto kitties coming. Um, you never know what people will build on a network when they have a facility to be able to do something really interesting. And Fetch's digital world and the ability to solve complex problems with a large number of agents is a new way of looking at these things. And there are all sorts of interesting applications out there and all sorts of interesting things that you could attach agents to and value that might be generated from them that's non-obvious. Um, and having a network that automatically in the background pokes around looking for new market intersections, new economic opportunities to exchange value is, is, is really cool. So that's where we are um, and, and that's what we've got working. Uh, and um, it's it's uh, building more and more of the AI and the machine learning, uh, and it's all very exciting. So who is involved or who should be getting involved with Fetch? I mean, describe your ideal participant, someone who would, who would start working with you. Oh, now that's a difficult question. Um, it's a bit like saying, what can we do with Fetch? And so <laughs> how, I'd, how, how I'd narrow that down without also without accidentally closing any doors for um, people who might have really cool ideas. Um, actually, you know, anybody, anybody and anyone. Um, this is a really exciting space. We've, we're building SDKs for all sorts of different languages and all sorts of um, kits that actually mean that you'll be able to create agents in a web environment with no, no development um, experience, particularly when it comes to some of the pieces of hardware out there and other bits of software you might be able to plug things into. So we're interested in hearing from all sorts of people for different reasons, um, the independent developers and, and people who are just curious, who want to see what they could do with it. Um, just to poke it in the edge and see what, what actually happens. Um, and, and also anybody uh, working in the spaces that we're working in, all the different fields like um, uh, energy and transportation, supply chains, et cetera. And all those spaces where we're already building things, where it'd be really interesting to, to expand all of that further. And we've got uh, a community um, a website that we're going to be uh, releasing very soon that will allow people to exchange ideas and thoughts and get together. But of course, also we've got our Telegram channel um, where we're able to interact and, and talk to our community, um, which is great fun. Um, and we can be contacted in, in many, many other ways. Um, so, so really, I, I, I wouldn't want to narrow it down too much just in case I narrow some people out 
of, of the equation. But if, if anybody out there is excited by what Fetch might do, um, then we'd like to hear from you. That was my next question was maybe the easier question is how do people get in touch with you? How do folks get, you know, started in, in working with you? Well, we're going to make that really easy. The community website, which I mentioned, um, is going to be around very soon. And that'll be sort of like click, click. And then you've got everything you need to to, to start developing. We're already releasing code on GitHub. Um, so uh, the code for our scalable ledger is already out there. So anybody who's curious can poke around through uh, more than 50,000 lines of C++ um, and, and see what it is that, that we're doing with that. And there's plenty more um, to come from on that, particularly related to our custom language and our VM which lets people build uh, the fetch smart contracts, but also deploy machine learning and AI and all sorts of um, collective intelligence um, goodies uh, directly to, to the ledger and see what happens there. Um, so there's that development side, but of course also our website has all sorts of contact information for people to contact us for other reasons. Um, and we're always happy to chat to people through all of our other social media um, connections, such as uh, Twitter and, and Telegram. Um, so yes, if if, uh, if people want to get in contact or get started, um, we're as we particularly as we roll out a broader network, um, we're coming up with an increasingly broader way of making that easy for people to do. Because we want to make um, anybody who's interested in working with Fetch, we want to make sure that um, it's it's as straightforward as possible to do so. And Toby, this might be a I don't know tricky question, but uh, when it comes to blockchain and Fetch. How is it, I mean, comparable, relatable, interactive? I mean, what are, is Fetch solving some of the problems with blockchain? Um, Fetch is doing something different with it. You know, we didn't, we didn't set out with a blockchain problem. Um, we set out with a different problem that we thought about on and off for nearly a decade, um, trying to figure out ways of getting that scalability. For us, uh, blockchain type technologies was, was a way of, of, of solving that that puzzle uh, so that we could get the scalability that we needed. Um, so we've, we've had to solve some of the problems, but those are specific to our application, uh, wanting to be able to deploy um, high power um, computing directly to the ledger, being able to get the scalability that we required in order to be able to do that, um, in order to harness the computing power of the network to, to, to generate value and all of this um, intelligence and trust and prediction stuff um, for the use of the network. This all required us to, to innovate in, in this space. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we've, we've had to make some changes to all of these things, but then that's part of the, the grander system of, of converging all these different technologies that were converging in order to do that. Uh, and we're also aware that there are some, I mean, this is a, it's an incredibly exciting space. Um, and I was having a, uh, had a chat with many people where we've been comparing this with the World Wide Web in, in sort of 1994. Uh, you know, we're all in this space knowing that it's going to change our lives in, in all sorts of wonderful ways. But we still don't know all the details of how. Um, but that isn't stopping many people from working on some extraordinarily exciting things in this space, looking at how this technology can be deployed um, to, do, to do all this cool stuff. Um, so, you know, what we've seen and what we will see over the coming years are, of course, as usual, two completely different things. But it's a fantastic space to be working in. Well, Toby, I really appreciate your time today. And this is some very exciting information and definitely looking forward to seeing where you go with Fetch and all of the different places you'll take the rest of us. I really am so glad that we had a chance to talk today. And if there's anything else uh, that our listeners should know, and again, maybe give the website and some contact information so they can get in touch with you, that would be most appreciated. Yeah, lovely job. Um, it's been, been a great pleasure. So I guess the best place to go is um, fetch.ai. 
uh, and all of the other contact information, particularly links through to Twitter and our Telegram um, channel are all available uh, on the top of that page. Uh, and as soon as our community website is released, it'll be there as well. And also links through to all our documentation and GitHub and everything else. And hopefully we'll get to um, speak to uh, a whole bunch of people um, very soon as a result. Again, for our listeners, this is Toby Simpson of Fetch.ai. Thank you so much, Toby. Enjoy that beautiful uh, San Francisco skyline. I will indeed. Thank you very, very much. Have a good one, Toby. Cheers. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.